welcome to the Countryside Kitchen Meats, a food and farming podcast. I'm Millie Fife, your host, a mum of two, farmer's wife, food producer and passionate about flying the flag for British food and farming. Today I'll be chatting to Cambridgeshire-based cut flower farmer Josie Brown. Then I've got a few time-saving hacks when it comes to mealtime preparation, meaning you can juggle family life with the children and cook a tasty, nutritious meal too. Okay, so let's introduce you to my guest. Josie Brown is a full-time mummy to four children, farmer's wife to Michael Brown and British cut flower grower. Josie and her family live on the Browns family arable farm near Kim Bolton in Cambridgeshire, where Josie has recently started a new enterprise growing British cut flowers. The family, Connie, age eight, Robert, age seven, and twins, Edward and Richard, four, all get involved in farm life with special highlights being sledging down the wheat in the grain store, great fun, and delivering hot meals to the field during the busy summer months. Prior to the arrival of the twins, Josie was a rural charter surveyor and enjoyed advising farmers and landowners on various aspects of property ownership. Now, Josie has great ambition to become a recognised provider of British cut flowers while educating the public on the availability and seasonality of British flowers. Wow. A busy mum running a farming business, a cut flower business and four children. Josie, you sound like a super mum to me. Hello. Hello, Millie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I am a super mum. Just yeah, a lot of juggling. <laughs> Spinning those plates. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely lots of plates. Always getting it right. Well, that's it. And um, how are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Really well. Yeah. Good, good. Now, tell me a little bit about your background. How have you been brought up in farming or not as the case may be yeah no I have been brought up in farming um I am a farm manager's daughter from Hertfordshire I so I've lived on a farm I understand the farming cycle um but what I'd say is I probably didn't take any interest in my father's work when I actually lived on the farm at home I remember when so my father the family he worked for the farmer sold and I remember the agent coming round. Um, lotting everything up ready for the farm sale and I said to my dad actually I think that's what I'd like to do when I grow up and ironically I don't know 20 years later I ended up working for that same surveyor who came round my father's business um, and trained under him and that and then three young farmers obviously you have to be in young farmers uh, if you're have anything to do with the farming even if you're not a farmer you need to be in young farmers because it's so good so yeah, I had lots of farming connections and then I met my husband, Michael, three young farmers. We live on a, yeah, a 1500 acre farm in Cambridgeshire. We're very specialist farmers in what we grow. We're seed farmers rather than just um, feed farmers. So it's very specialist and I've just found a real love for the growing of the crops on the farm. Um, my husband's an agronomist as well, so um, or he was before he came back to the farm. And so I find I find field walking with him fascinating, and I've learned a lot more about farming since marrying him than I did as a child. But yeah, absolutely love farm life. Excellent. And how did the flower business come about? So Michael and I always wanted a product that we could sell from the farm. Um, we're very inspired by our neighbouring farmer who is uh, Duncan Farrington of Farrington's Mellow Yellow and I've always been fascinated by their product and their marketing and really interested in in that side of it. Um, farm diversification has always been a 
real interest of mine. Um, so I just, we wanted something we could sell from the farm. Although the farm is diversified with the seed production, we just wanted a product. So I started at Flowers uh, probably about 10 years ago. I said, I think we should grow cut flowers. And then we went away from it because I was a surveyor and it just felt like there was too much to do and I didn't have enough knowledge. And then we went through various other things we could sell. Should we do beef? Should we do pigs and pork? Should we do eggs? And I just, my, my heart wasn't 100% in it because I don't know enough about livestock, whereas I love gardening. So after watching a Chelsea flower show and seeing this beautiful British flower stand, I was like, that's where I want to be. Uh, in, when I'm 50, I want to be at Chelsea Flower Show with, with my flowers. Um, so that's how, yeah, we decided to go into the flowers. Amazing. Oh, that's such a wonderful um, vision, uh, looking to grow flowers for Chelsea. Oh, amazing. I'll be there being the biggest cheerleader. Because oh. um, <laughs> like you, I love, I, I've started, um, well, I've been kitchen gardening for a long time, but actually now I've started to turn my hand to growing a few flowers just in my garden because it's looking a bit bare. It's all very well growing potatoes and carrots and what have you, but actually to have a few nice flowers is quite, quite makes everything a lot better in the world, doesn't it? It does. And it's really rewarding. Like, you can go to a garden centre and you can buy a plant. But I think if you get that pack of seeds and you sow it and you nurture those flower plants from that tiny seed through to these beautiful blooms and you go, gosh, I've, I've done that. It is so rewarding. And it's not that hard, no. really. It's, and if it doesn't grow, it doesn't matter. Mm. Everyone makes mistakes or it might not be your fault. You know, the weather can have a big impact on it the compost you use can have an impact on it so it doesn't matter if they don't grow no. but it's definitely worth a try because it's so rewarding yeah the one the one seed I can't get to Germany and I've tried for the last few years is delphiniums I find them really difficult I don't know whether or not they're a tricky flower or, or what uh, so they don't germinate is that the problem yeah yeah so try putting them in the freezer try putting the pack of seeds in the freezer mm. before you sow them or if you're just too excited to say them, put them on the compost and then put the compost tray in the fridge or the freezer for a couple of weeks. Give right. them a false winter. Because if you think of it in nature, the flower would grow, drop its seeds at the end of summer, and those seeds would sit in the ground and go through a whole winter process of being really cold. So you've got to force that really by putting yeah. them in the freezer. Okay. Oh, brilliant. Top tip there. And what is your favourite flower? What do you like growing most? Or Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't know. So obviously, I love my dahlias. I think we're growing about 130 dahlias this year. And yeah, I've got lots of videos about me growing dahlias. Uh, but I think I love tulips because they start the season for me. So that gets me really excited. It's a long winter without any real British cut flowers and you just it's you're still working at it you're still looking after the seedlings you're still sort of sorting the soil out and getting everything ready no reward over winter but then when you get to April and you get the tulips you're just oh yes I know why I do this and it's yeah tulips I really love ranunculus I think are beautiful um there's just so much detail in them sweet peas for their scent 
it's funny you take a jar of sweet peas to someone and they will always say I remember when so-and-so used to grow these in their garden and so they're a real nostalgic flower for a lot of people and then going through sunflowers uh, love sunflowers and so I grow sunflowers as cut flowers my husband grows them on field scale for seed so there's a lot of rivalry between the two of us as to who's got the best sunflowers <laughs> and who's got the best germination so yeah definitely sunflowers later in the year definitely and um, sunflowers are quite easy to grow aren't they and so to get the yeah. kids involved with as well you know uh, growing the tallest one or the biggest head or you know they and obviously it attracts the the birds and the bees as well doesn't it, yeah. it, it and then obviously beautiful to look at as well so yeah. yeah absolutely so you obviously mentioned about your sort of aim to hit Chelsea flower show by the time you're 50 um you know what are your goals when it comes to the flower business what, what's the dream I think being at Chelsea is a very, very big goal. And I'd, I'd love to do it, but I understand I might not. But that is my biggest goal. But I think what I really want is to educate people about the seasonality of flowers. Mm. I'm not one of these people who feels that you can't buy um, Kenyan roses or flowers from abroad. I understand that British flowers are only available for a very short window of the year. And you can't... Um, if you've got a winter wedding, if you want flowers at it, you're not going to have British flowers. So that there is a balance to be had. But what I want is people to understand that at this time of year, you've got other options of flowers. And just, yeah, to look and understand the seasonality. If I can get people to think about the seasonality of flowers and realise that there is a British option, which is more sustainable, um, and help them just learn about yeah when things are available that's really my biggest goal even as a farmer's wife my knowledge of seasonality is rubbish I think even with fruit and vegetables um I try really hard to make a conscious effort only to buy British produce in the supermarkets but it's tricky like because you see the lovely French beans and it's like kids would you like cabbage or French beans <laughs> and it's yeah, I'm learning a lot about seasonality for it as well. Definitely. You know, it, 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 it is a tough call and it is that balance, isn't it? Because you do need to, you need to be very mindful of uh, when you're going around because there is, because the retailers have got it all there for you. It's easy, it's convenient. And it's just the way that we've almost been programmed now, isn't it? Whereas actually just to think about, what is around you? What is growing out in the fields? What are local people doing? Because it sustains a community, doesn't it? Um, you know, you're trying to run your business whilst supporting your family, um, as are lots of other people around the country. And with supporting local shopping local, there is that sustainability um, angle as well. With low food miles, low, you know, things haven't been shipped from halfway across the world, and um, the impact on the environment is obviously a lot less. And you're also working in conjunction with nature. I mean, presumably, you know, you're you're sort of uh, conscious about what you're putting on your flowers in terms of pesticides and and, and pest control and things like that. Yes, um, we're not organic. Um, we, I do use pesticides, but my rule is I only use them if there's no other way I can solve that problem 
or if I think nature's not going to solve the problem for me. So, yes, if I see aphids on the roses, I don't immediately go, right, I need to get rid of them and spray them. I give it a little time because before you know it, the ladybird larvae rock up and they sort the aphids out for you. And I'm very conscious that if I step in too early, I'm interfering with that natural feed chain. So I try, I try really to leave it to nature unless I really have to um, have to use chemicals. With regards to sustainability on the plastic side, I try not to use plastics. So I don't, if I wrap any flowers, they're all done in paper. On the actual beds themselves, we have, um, we have to obviously manage the weeds. Now, a lot, what a lot of farmers use is a weed membrane, which is a plastic weed membrane, which stops the weeds coming through. Um, I'm trying really hard not to use that because that's a big lump of plastic that you've got there in the field. So I'm laying cardboard on the beds and covering it with compost. So it's actually, hopefully, that's a more sustainable um, method to manage my weed control. I'm very conscious I've got a very big polytunnel that's plastic. Um, and that doesn't sit particularly comfortably with me because there is so much plastic on it. The plastic probably needs to be changed every 10 years on the polytunnel. I'll keep it for as long as I possibly can and then I will reuse it to make smaller tunnels on the field so it's not just to throw it away and like, I reuse all my flower pots I gather flower pots from everyone like in the village all the ladies in the village they <laughs> cover me with flower pots oh, and cardboard all the internet shopping the amount of cardboard in this village is crazy so I go around in my my car and pick up everyone's cardboard boxes and flower pots and jam jars I collect jam jars because I do a lot of little arrangements in jam jars again because it's sustainable um flowers like to be in water a lot of florists put them in a, like a bubble of water but that bubble is plastic and as soon as the people receive the flowers the plastic goes in the bin um so I would rather use glass jars which yeah can be reused or recycled yeah definitely no it's wonderful I can really see you being on uh, Gardener's World sometime soon um I really I really think um it would be a really interesting feature to um so perhaps when when this goes out we'll have to uh give Monty Donna a tag um so <laughs> so that he's aware of what you're doing or at least the BBC oh. because I think I think it's brilliant because you're really you know in how you're describing everything as well it's really informative and um I'm you know you're painting a picture which is wonderful and I think I you know I really I really think you're on something wonderful here and um I mean how, how do you manage it with being a parent and a businesswoman because obviously it's got to be a juggle it is it is a real juggle um and I, because I've got four young children they all need me you know they're not they they need me to do a lot of things for them um so I'm in constant demand I think what I've learned is not to have any expectations mm -hmm. and just say I will get it done if I don't get it done today it doesn't really matter I will get it done um and the children aren't going to be at home for that long because they grow up so quickly so just take each day at a time and I just if I've got stuff I need to do in the flower field, I do get up quite early in the morning or I work once the children have gone to bed. But 
I try and get the children involved, but at, there's times where they don't want to be involved. Mm. Um, and it's very tempting to be cross with them because I want to get on with what I want to do. But I've taught myself over the last few years to go, it doesn't matter. I will get it done at some stage. Um, and yeah, have no expectations of what you're going to achieve in a day. And anything you do achieve is a bonus. Yeah, that's such a brilliant mindset. I wish I could adopt that, bit, or I should adopt that because I get frustrated as well because I try and get the children involved so that I can actually achieve what I want to achieve yeah. but often they're tired or you know they, they're just not interested and you know um it's more now about what they would like to do and then I fit my life around them and then when they are older and they're off doing what they want to do my time will come back and I'm sure a lot of parents listening can probably relate to that <laughs> well, yeah I think this time yeah I think we're I think we're both in the thick of it we've got children at similar ages we're both mm-hmm. in the real thick of it at the moment and yeah. yeah it won't be long until they're off out well they'll have better social lives than we do <laughs> so I'll yeah, be talking absolutely. to my flowers <laughs> yeah but I do I do think our generation as well are um we've got a lot more pressure on our shoulders I think you know our parents um there were there wasn't so much of an expectation especially as a woman to kind of you know you, you stayed at home and raised the children whereas now you know you are generally working full-time or you've got a business to run as well as raising a family and everything else that surrounds being a farmer's wife you know all of the kind of life admin and general <laughs> admin that, that goes with it um it, there's a there's a lot um I think there is a massive pressure and it just I mean you see I don't think mummies can get it right. If you work full time, you're criticised because yeah, apparently you're not looking after your children. If you don't work, you're viewed as a lady of leisure and lazy. Um, and there's just, if you try and do both, people are like, she's trying to do too much. And there is, yeah, I, you just have to do what's right for you. And everyone's different. Everyone's children are different. And yeah, don't worry about what other people think. Just yeah, as long as yeah. your children are happy and healthy. Fine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And where can people buy your flowers, or where are you supplying, or you know what? So I supply um, florists, local florists, and also event florists. So if brides want um, British flowers for their weddings, um, their florists can contact me directly, and um, we supply yeah event florists or some brides like to do their wedding flowers themselves so we can supply like mixed buckets of flowers so whatever's in season you can't be picky you can't say right I want this 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 and this because it depends on the weather and um there's a lot out of my control but if you give me a color palette I can provide a bucket to that palette um but I also supply Kimbolton flower shop in in the near village um, and so she makes up lots of beautiful bouquets with British flowers and she's a great advocate of the sustainability of British flowers and how you know unique and lovely it is for her clients to be able to walk in the shop and buy flowers grown just up the road and I was so amazed last year at how much her clients were just yeah desperate to get their hands on Brown's flowers and Aww. yeah it's yeah yeah no that yeah 
you've got me there. It's just it's just wonderful because it's just a real great success story. The fact that people are now coming in and asking for them and um, and can say, yeah, they were grown locally. Um, so there is that that story to tell as well. Um, and it's brilliant that you're using, you know, obviously the colour palettes because I know some brides can be quite. Um, uh, particular in what they would like <laughs> I think we've yeah. all been there at some point you know yeah. uh, uh, having that control or what have you but um, yeah no it's, it's it's fantastic and um let's talk now um talk to me about some of the things that you enjoy cooking um can can you share a couple of your go-to recipes I can I of course I can I mean it's a constant carousel of food in our house <laughs> I just feel like all I do is feed children I'm yeah the catering department I think I was thinking about what recipes would I tell Millie about and I think my most go-to recipe and this is for children it's for a quick supper and it is also for a harvest supper so a harvest supper is where I cook at home and I cook a hot meal and then I load everything into the boot of my car, all the children in the boot of the car, all the condiments, plates, juices, everything. And we drive to the field where the combine is and we unload it and we feed all the chaps and occasionally the girls who come work for us um, at harvest time. And that recipe is sausage plat. And it's just I've got a bit of a reputation for it, actually, in this area. <laughs> and, <people laughs> for it. and it is so easy. Um, so all I do is I go to the butchers and I get a pound of sausage meat, get an onion, um, one onion and one pack of puff pastry, ready roll puff pastry. And I just mix, chop up the onion, uh, dice it and then mix it raw into the sausage meat. Um, lay that in the centre line down the uh, long ways down the puff pastry and then I cut the pastry at angles down the side to then platter over the top and oh my look every year as soon as harvest starts the boys are all going the boys on the farm not my children are going <laughs> are we gonna have sausage plat tonight are we gonna have sausage plat <laughs> what an easy meal and it's you know you're supporting your local butcher and you've got yeah British pork meat in there and it's yeah just the easiest thing for my family sounds amazing I'm definitely gonna have a go at that because I remember at Christmas doing something similar with um mince meat to do like a like a little Christmas tree sort of thing oh wow with with ready roll plus pastry I mean that's just the best invention ever yeah the time saving hacks it's just yeah and you just keep it in the freezer I just have a whole stash of it in the freezer Mm. and it defrosts really quickly so if at lunchtime I go oh what am I going to cook it'll be but it will be sausage plat if I haven't organized something I mean you can even take sausages and quickly whip the skin off the sausages Mm. and use that meat instead of using a pack of sausage meat it's yeah it's a great but just keep it simple just keep it simple yeah definitely no no I'm 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 all for that just a few ingredients banging in the oven and it just feeding feeding a a a hungry tribe is uh, what it's all about isn't it definitely and so how can people follow you Josie how can they find more about Brown's British Flowers so we're on Instagram and Facebook at Brown's British Flowers Brown's as in the colour and yeah British Flowers um, and I do regular updates on there and I do tutorials about how to grow various things. Um, and if anyone has any questions like your delphiniums, 
I'm always happy to help. I'm not, I don't know everything, there's too much to know, but um, I can generally help solve the simple issues people have with, <laughs> yeah, flower growing. Excellent. <clears throat> Brilliant. And have you got a website? Uh, yes, we have at brownsbritishflowers.co.uk. Brilliant. So people can get in touch with you and find out a little bit more and maybe if they even want you to supply them some flowers as well. Yeah. Um, that would be good, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Be really good. Yeah. Lots of, there are lots of um, British flower farmers in the country um, and there's a great website called Flowers from the Farm. And if you go on there, you will find your local flower farmer, just like me. I'm on there. And, you know, we all do different things. Lots of people do pick your own flowers which would be great with the children um, and yeah, pick your own flowers or they do workshop days or you can order subscription flowers. So if you're not near me in Cambridgeshire and you're somewhere else in the country, then look at flowers from the farm to find a flower farmer. That's a really good tip because, yeah, it, it's wonderful to know that there are a network of people around the country doing very similar things. And and even like petals as well. People are doing petals for weddings, aren't they? And, oh, you know, it's yeah. A, yeah, a big, big business. Definitely. It is, yeah. There's lots of, um, yeah, lots of confetti for weddings, dried flowers. And the British dried flowers last year became super trendy. Uh, to be honest just following all these people on Instagram it's just beautiful mm. and it's a great industry to work in because whenever you give people flowers you make them happy yeah and they could be going through the toughest time and you give them flowers and it, you just see them just light up and you think wow yeah I've made a difference to someone yeah. today yeah no that's it absolutely here are some time-saving hacks for you to try at home. I love cooking one-pot wonders. Being able to throw in a few simple ingredients, leave it for a while and then serve, meaning you have time to juggle family life and cook a hearty meal. One of my go-to recipes is leek, bacon and pea risotto. What you'll need to do is tip some oil in an oven-proof casserole dish, add bacon and fry for two minutes, Add some leeks and cook until soft, but not coloured, about four or five minutes. Tip in the rice and cook for a minute. Pour over the stock and bung in the oven for probably about half an hour, 40 minutes, give or take. And then when the rice is tender and the liquid is absorbed, remove from the oven, stir in some peas, place back in the oven for a couple of minutes and then remove, stir in some cheese and maybe even some lemon zest and season and that for me is one of those uh feeding a tribe as well and I'm I'm not very good at portioning I always make far too much but it's better to have too much than not enough that, that's for sure <laughs> uh, I definitely eat that cold I think out straight out the fridge it sounds delicious oh, yeah absolutely absolutely and in season right now uh, later this month you'll start to see elderflower appear in the hedgerows the white floral brooms with a yellow stamen smell absolutely divine. A mix together with some water, sugar and lemons can make the most wonderful, refreshing drink. You may recall on a previous podcast, I interviewed Kirsty from Manor Farm Drinks, who has built up her business from making elderflower cordial to supply independent farm shops, retailers and at food festivals. Check out my food blog, No Fest Meals for Busy Parents, for the recipe that I always follow or enjoy a drop of Kirsty's elderflower cordial. There are other products, elderflower cordial, on the market if you're not local to Northamptonshire because that's where Kirsty is producing her elderflower cordial. 
but check it out because it is amazing and I will share my recipe because um I don't know about you Josie if you make elderflow cordial but it is one of those um lovely sort of late spring tipples and you can make champagne too oh yeah it's perfect I love elderflower cordial absolutely um and with a bit of fizzy water I just love it with fizzy water and ice and yeah perfect perfect late spring summer drink absolutely definitely okay that's all we got time for today don't forget to tune into the next episode of the countryside kitchen meets on the first of each month you can subscribe on all major podcast streaming platforms and get in touch who would you like to be on a future episode who would you like to hear from want to chat to me about what you enjoy cooking share some recipes with me too drop me a line at hello at millie5.com you can also follow my food blog, No Fuss Meals for Busy Parents, on Facebook, Instagram, and at www.nofussmealsforbusyparents.com. Thank you so much, JC, for joining me today. It's been incredible chatting to you, and keep up the amazing work. It's so fascinating what you're doing. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Millie. It's been really great. And, yeah, I love you on social media, and you inspire me to, yeah, keep thinking about new meals for children and getting into grey vegetables. So, yeah, well done. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Thanks then. Bye.